and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with the Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today, and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Lao Tzu often uses external examples to teach us about the Tao that cannot be named, our experience with it. In this verse and others, he uses water as a teacher. So let's see what he's got to say in verse 8. Harmony's opportunities. The best of men is like water. Water benefits all things and does not compete with them. It dwells in the lonely places that all disdain, wherein it comes near to the Tao. In his dwelling, the sage loves the lowly earth. In his heart, he loves what is profound. In his relations with others, he loves kindness. In his words, he loves sincerity. In government, he loves peace. In business affairs, he loves ability. In his actions, he loves choosing the right time. It is because he does not contend that he is without reproach. That was verse 8 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Lin Yutang. Next, let's break it down. This verse has three parts to it, and we'll take each part one idea at a time. In fact, I found that part one is pretty simple. Part two is really meaty, and part three is pretty simple. So part one says the best of men is like water. Water, be- water benefits all things and does not compete with them. So the idea here in part one is that water is a lesson of the Tao, and we can observe it and learn. Part two is when we start talking about 
that list of things in his dwelling, in his heart, in his relations with others, in his words, in government, in business affairs, and in actions. We're talking about particular characteristics of the sage. He loves the lowly earth, loves what is profound, loves kindness, sincerity, peace, ability, and choosing the right time. So in part two, it looks like we can apply Waters' lessons on a lot of different levels. I identified three main ones, which is basically applying the lessons on a personal level, in inter- interactions with others, and in larger groups. And then there's fourth bonus, which is talking about timing. And in the third part of this verse, it's the simple one. It says it's because he does not contend that he's without reproach. In other words, Lao Tzu is saying that the results are in non-resistance and a freely flowing ability to create. So let's wrap that up quickly and remember that verse 8 has three parts to it. Part 1 is basically saying that, hey, look, water is a lesson of the Tao and we can observe it and learn. Part 2 says that there's all these things that we can apply the lessons to And that's on a personal level in interactions with others and in larger groups with a bonus on timing. And part three is the result happens that is non-resistance and a freely flowing ability to create. So let's go ahead and put that back together. I'll read verse eight again. The best of men is like water. Water benefits all things and does not compete with them. It dwells in the lowly places that all disdain, wherein it comes near to the Tao. In his dwelling, the sage loves the lowly earth. In his heart, he loves what is profound. In his relations with others, he loves kindness. In his words, he loves sincerity. In government, he loves peace. In business affairs, he loves ability. In his actions, he loves choosing the right time. And it is because he does not contend that he is without reproach. According to traditional accounts, Lao Tzu was a keeper of royal archives. So we see that In the Tao Te Ching, he will talk about the Tao on different societal levels, the personal, the leadership level, the governmental one, and so on. In this verse, it's not immediately plain that he's doing this. It's sort of in between the lines that he references water's lessons in our personal lives, our interpersonal lives, and in our group or societal lives. So let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering Harmony's opportunities. There are three of them. One is reflecting on water. Two is the no self versus the self. And three is the creation of separation versus the creation of oneness. Reflecting on water. Water, that life-giving and life-taking thing. Water, says Lao Tzu, benefits all things and does not compete with them. It's everywhere, in our bodies, in what sustains our biological lives, and what creates economies. It's necessary for civilizations to begin, 
and it's necessary for crops. It has no personal identity. It just is, just like the Tao. In this verse, we're urged to consider how we might emulate this pure aspect of it. So let's have a look at the levels on which we experience water. In my personal experience with water, I use it every day, multiple times. When I wake up, I use water to water my plants, to do my personal hygiene routine, and to make and consume breakfast, and that oh, oh so dearly beloved part of my ritual, that nice, hot, steamy cup of coffee. <laughs> yes, I love it. That's in the first hour or so of my waking. Once I start my day's work, I continue using it. I might have breakfast or lunch with friends or colleagues. I don't always appreciate how water went into cleaning the utensils or vessels I used to share food with a friend, or how it went into cleaning the clothes I wear so I'm presentable, or those conversations around the proverbial water cooler. Okay, maybe it's just the water fountain in the park, but the idea is that I'm together with others and water is there, quietly being water in the background, helping to sustain my relationships with others. Zooming out and looking back in history, I can observe how water is the resource of civilization. It provides crops, transportation, and perhaps the biggest grower of economies, trade. Access to it is fought over even today. And still, water doesn't care. It doesn't play favorites. It's just there being itself, not judging. Globally, water is the medium in which entire ecosystems thrive. Just because it's there and does its thing, whole food chains are able to establish themselves. Water's like the canvas on which an artist paints and creates. It pools and evaporates, always in motion. Sometimes there's too much of it, at least for humans, and we experience floods. Sometimes there's too little of it, at least for humans, and we experience droughts. Even on a very large scale, there's an element of timing that's involved. On a small scale, we choose when we use water. There's a good time for coffee and a bad time for coffee. There's a good time to water plants and there's a bad time. There's a good time to have conversations around it with others and there are bad times like, I don't know, maybe 4 a.m. to have conversations around it. Unless you work nights, of course. Can we see how water is a neutral thing but that affects all of us in different ways? Much like the Tao, external to us, water provides an unlimited amount of experiences for us. It is the canvas upon which reality is painted. Like the spirit of the valley, water is the thing from which opportunities and possibilities originate. We experience water personally, with each other, and in large groups. Water participates in our lives during different times, and it's there, neutral, just doing its thing and giving life. We know that individually we're expressions of the Tao, and like water, we also have this ability to be the source from which our creations originate. We saw that in verse 6, creating with the Tao. The next section gets deeper into how we can emulate water and prepare this canvas within ourselves to create either fear-based things or love-based things. The no-self versus the self. This part of my Tao experience is called the no-self versus the self. 
I thought I'd call it that because at first reading, I just saw this list of things and I was tempted to just gloss over it several times, but I knew that there must be a pattern to it. So I thought about it for a few days. Slowly, I realized that Lao Tzu was giving us a really comprehensive lesson on how we can choose to create from the no self or love or the self or fear. By illustrating when we interact with water, Lao Tzu is saying how we can emulate it in our personal lives, our interactions with others, and in our larger societal groups. Here's what I mean. Lin Yutang translates, In his dwelling, the sage loves the lowly earth. In his heart, he loves what is profound. In these two lines, Lao Tzu is talking about dwelling in the heart. And since this verse took me some extra reflection, I poked around in a couple other translations and commentaries. In most of them, the author said dwelling really meant the place where our spirit selves live. So we're talking about humility. Lao Tzu means that in his dwelling, the sage loves being humble as opposed to arrogance, one of the expressions of pride. And in his heart, the sage loves feeling deeply as opposed to shallowly going about life. So how can I personally emulate the life-giving property of water with these two aspects of me? Well, I could practice the no-self and cultivate humility within me. I can also cultivate depth of feeling. Self-love is so awesome, such a life-sustaining thing that just, I don't know, it sets my attitude right from the beginning. So I can radiate that outwards towards others almost automatically. So in these two ways, I can be like water and practice the Tao on the personal level. Now let's look at interactions with others. Lin Yutang translates, In his relations with others, he loves kindness. In his words, he loves sincerity. So in my dealing with others, friends, colleagues, subordinates, or supervisors, I can emulate water by cultivating a spirit of kindness. A possible opposite of kindness is meanness. A possible opposite of kindness is meanness. Can we sense the difference between these two words? Kindness comes from a place of love. Meanness comes from a place of fear, anger, aggression. Just like Master Yoda says, the dark side are they. The people around me are equipped to sense things just like I am. They can tell when I'm paying lip service and being insincere and react to me in a similar manner. So here's a question. What possibilities am I creating with other people when I am kind and sincere? Don't I, at a minimum, connect with their humanity? Don't I feel more connected and not as alone in the world? For sure. And in doing this, I'm creating this space into which all manner of wonderful things may come into being. So by practicing kindness and sincerity with others, I can be like water and emulate the Tao in my interactions with others. Let's see how this can support better group attitudes on a larger scale. Once again, Lin Yutang translates, In government, he loves peace. In business affairs, he loves ability. Did you ever notice the feeling you get when you're surrounded by happy people? What about sad ones? The thing I'm trying to get here is that we can sense and transmit each other's energy. Sometimes it's just an automatic thing. 
So by supporting peaceful government to the best of my ability and by performing fair and competent service to others in business, I'm doing my part in affecting the energy of the groups I'm in, the country I live in, and eventually the world we all live in. I'm able to follow Gandhi's advice and being the change I want to see in the world. So if we've been talking about different levels of experience with a Tao, there's one more aspect that deserves a separate look in this part of verse 8. Timing. Lao Tzu says, In his actions, the sage loves choosing the right time. I don't know about y'all, but I've heard the phrase, Dan, you have the worst timing before. <laughs> Actually, I used to hear it a lot. But since I've been getting... Since I've begun my Tao practice, I don't hear it nearly as much. In fact, I almost never hear it because I've been able to stay mindful of what others are doing, what space they're in, and when it's a good time to interact with them. The idea I feel Lao Tzu is trying to convey here is that in emulating the Tao, I can be aware and stay mindful of when I choose to act. Sometimes it's good timing and things align so perfectly, I have to sit back and wonder in awe about that unseen something that's operating in a capacity far beyond my limited reckoning. The more I practice this wonderful teaching, the better my timing gets, and for that, I'm deeply grateful. So by being aware, staying awake, and practicing mindfulness, not only am I consciously creating... I'm doing it in cooperation with divine order, or, put plainly, good timing. <laughs> in summary, when considering this second part of verse 8, we can create loving attitudes in our personal moments by concentrating on humility and genuine gratitude. We can create loving attitudes in our interactions with others by concentrating on kindness and sincerity. We can help foster loving attitudes in larger groups by promoting peace and fairness. And we can look for the right time and place to do all these things. If that isn't enough, Lao Tzu leaves us with a final reminder that what we create ripples out and away from us and leads to consequences. So to illustrate the third part of this verse, let's go on to the next section of my experience with it. Creation of Separation versus Creation of Oneness. In the last line of this verse, translated by a different person, Charles Johnston, we've heard from him before, Lao Tzu says, He strives against none, and therefore he is not opposed. The Lin Yutang translation is similar, but I felt that Charles Johnston did um, a better job on this last on this last uh, line, because Lin Yutang says it's because that he does not contend that he is without reproach. I just felt that similar to that one, Charles Johnston got a, you know a little more clear, at least for my mind. He strives against none, therefore he is not opposed. And we're talking about the sage, of course. So if the sage acts like water just is and doesn't compete with anyone, he faces no resistance. This includes personal resistance to our own plans. Does self-sabotage ring a bell? <laughs> it does for me. <laughs> and also resistance with others. So let me ask you this. If we are resisting people, places, things, or situations, what chance does a Tao have to bring into existence that which we've requested? Remember, we get out of the Tao what we put in. 
So if we express resistance, that's what we will get. If we express love and kindness, we get that too. We talked about this in verse six, creating with a Tao. Resistance creates separation and non-competition creates oneness. I create personal resistance by doing the opposite of what we talked about. Instead of practicing humility and self-love, I create resistance with arrogance and hate. I create resistance in my interactions with others by allowing my ego to separate from them and act with meanness and insincerity. But if I emulate the Tao, I can create trust between us with kindness and sincerity. I help to create larger scale division and isolation if I choose to support a warlike, arrogant, and non-inclusive government. This division and isolation foster a sense of us against them and leads to nothing but conflict, struggle, and non-abundance. But if I do my best to choose peace and justice, I'm helping to create love and unity. Lao Tzu says that by creating an inner sense of humility and love, an external sense of trust, and a group sense of unity, we will find no opposition or resistance to our creative powers. Just like water creates so many possibilities, we are able to exercise that awesome creative power for more positivity. If you've heard of and are down with the idea of being able to manifest things, I think you'll find that by practicing the things that Lao Tzu suggests, you'll notice your manifestations on a new, more abundant level. The fact that I'm always creating is one thing. Conscious creation is another. But the coolest thing so far in this teaching is that by non-action, by emptying myself and staying humble, self-loving, kind, sincere, peaceful, fair, and considerate, more tools of the universe and creation become available to me, and I realize my creative powers on orders of magnitude that thus far have remained hidden to me. That was a lot to unpack, wasn't it? (laughs) Okay, so to wrap up my experience with this verse today, and considering Harmony's opportunities, I thought about three things. One, I reflected on water. Two, I thought about the no self versus the self. And three, I thought about the creation of separation versus the creation of oneness. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of harmony's opportunities in this verse today. In my daily routine, I can practice the no self Number one, when I'm alone, two, when I'm with others, and three, when I'm in a group. So when I'm alone, can I take a moment to observe my thoughts? Are they self-centered or are they of others and how I might serve them? Can I gently nudge my thoughts in the direction of service to others? When I'm with others, can I observe my words? Are they kind or adversarial? Do I say things that are kind or are they meant to stir up controversy? Are my words meant to puff myself up or are they meant to help my friends, coworkers, or significant other? Would I be willing to consider how I can connect with them and help them? 
How about in groups? When I participate, do I do so in the spirit of contribution, of collaboration? Or am I demanding that my point of view be recognized and bought into? Do I look for ways to insert myself into things? Or am I content to contribute where there is a need? Would I be willing to stay quiet when there's no need to talk? And offer a point of view when I think it would be helpful for everyone? Finally, can I be open to allowing the Tao to show me when it's a good time to act? Can I set aside my immediate impulses to act and pause, listening for the next right thought? That'll wrap it up today. Thank you for listening. To consider the principle of Harmony's Opportunities today, in my daily routine, I can practice the no-self when I'm alone, when I'm with others, and when I'm in a group. I can also practice consideration of others, looking for the right time and right place to help and give where I can. To close out this episode, I'll go ahead and leave you with a final reading of verse 8. The best of men is like water. Water benefits all things and does not compete with them. It dwells in the lowly places that all disdain, wherein it comes near to the Tao. In his dwelling, the sage loves the lowly earth. In his heart, he loves what is profound. In his relations with others, he loves kindness. In his words, he loves sincerity. In government, he loves peace. In business affairs, he loves ability. In his actions, he loves choosing the right time. It is because he does not contend that he is without reproach. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.